Welcome to the Kingdom Revival Culture Podcast, keeping you in touch with Faith Mountain Fellowship Church in Red River, New Mexico. You know, the love that Jesus Christ calls his body to is an amazing, everlasting, unconditional love. And this podcast is just one of the ways that you and I can build each other up in that love. So to start, just enjoy this message, and then please contact us with prayer requests, feedback, or anything else you'd like to discuss at fmfcpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from everyone interested in helping create a kingdom revival culture. Uh, first of all, I, I just want to pray. Uh, just want to seek you. Father, we just... Again, we just want to rejoice and thank you for the, the snow that you've brought us. God, we realize that we're probably going into a, a season of, of spiritual famine that's coming onto our world, but we believe you have a word for us today. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to come and just to minister to each one of our hearts. Uh, we just want to thank you. We just want to give you glory. You are a great God. You are a good God, and we love you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen? All right, so um, I had a, a message I was going to bring this week, and it's probably not going to happen, so maybe next week. We'll see what happens. We were going to be in Genesis 40, um, talking about dreams and visions, but the Lord um, kind of had different plans for us, and that's something that we want to always keep available. We always want to be open to the Spirit of God to move and change our plans. We make plans, we commit them to the Lord, and then we allow Him to change those. And so that's kind of what happened. Um, Lainey and I got a, a phone call Friday night. Pastor Wayne was just praying for my sister-in-law, Lainey and I, sister-in-law, Vicki. Uh, my brother called. A lot of you have been praying for her. Uh, she was diagnosed with cancer about a year ago, uh, two different kinds of cancer, and, and uh, they were doing a different kind of treatment, some kind of infusions. Um, bottom line, the last time they were at the doctor, which was every month they're doing checkups, and everything was great, and things were moving along well. Um, but when my brother called me Friday night, uh, pretty much what he told me is he said, you know, things aren't going the way we thought. Uh, their doctor is a Christian, by the way, and he prayed with him, and, and as he was was giving this diagnosis, said, I want you to know I am a Christian, I want you to know that I'm not God, but what I'm going to tell you is what the medical world has to say, um, and basically this cancer, one of the types of cancer has spread into her brain, and is moving rapidly through her brain, another one has, she has a huge tumor in her stomach, and, and pretty much, he said, outset, you know, they said, well, how long do you think, you know, if God doesn't intervene, how long do you think this would be, and they're saying between two and four months. And um, so I'd ask you to be praying for Vicki and for my brother Joe. Um, their youngest daughter is trying to get married in June, and she really wants to be at that wedding. Um, but they have Christ in them. They have faith. They have peace. Um, but when that word came, I've got to tell you, uh, it was, and all of us have experienced that, right? It's that thing that just, it's like a kick in the stomach, and it just takes the wind right out of you, and it just knocks you off your feet, um, to the point where I really couldn't even minister to my brother. I just told him, I said, at this point, I just need to pray. I need to hear God. I'm going to, I'll call you tomorrow, um, and so I just, I went into the shower, and I was taking a shower, and 
And I was just crying out to God because and, and, I was just devastated. And we've all been there. We all know what that feels like. Um, but see, we can't function on emotions and feelings. Uh, and so really what I want to talk about today is, is um, the message that Micah shared with us a few weeks ago on returning to your first love. That is what I, I had an experience with the Lord while I was in the shower where I was just crying out. And what he began to do was he began to just speak to me and just began to encourage me. And what happened was through me just being willing to cry out to him, he began to take my eyes off of the situation and bring my eyes onto him. And that was the, that was the key. That's what I needed was I needed to get my focus in the right place. And so I want to I tell you, this is, I'm not sure this is a sermon <laughs> I'm not sure what this is. It's a message of some sort anyway. Um, but I want to talk to you about returning to your first love as Micah did the other day. Um, if you recall, last week, Tom, Tom Highfield got up and he gave a, a prophetic word about the virgins, the ten virgins. Remember that? If you were here, uh, there's five wise virgins and there's, there's five uh, foolish virgins. And part of what he said was, the reason that, and we remember the story, I'm not going to go through that, I don't have time for it right now, but remember the story that the five foolish virgins came to the five wise virgins and said, you know, the, the bridegroom had come and it was time, and they said, lend us some of your oil so we can go into the, into the celebration. And the five wise ones said, we can't, we can't lend your oil. Um, and as I was I was driving to Amarillo on Monday. I, I drove out there, and it's it's one of those things for me. Um, I have been through. We had a you know a busy Christmas. It was a good Christmas. We had a good time, but but I was starting to spiritually dry up. Okay, and and I know that all of us experience that once in a while. Sometimes when you just continue to give, uh, you get to a place where you've got to stop. And it's it's very similar to this picture of these wise virgins. And so I was asking the Lord, what does it look like to return to your first love? And what is this word that Tom was talking to us about as far as wise virgins? How does all this, what does this look like for us practically? What do we do with this, with this message? Because I know that it's from God and I know that it's foundational. And, and Micah, if you hadn't heard that, go back and listen to that on our podcast or Facebook Live or whatever. But one of the things he talked about is we can't be ministering unless we're really returning to our first love. That's where we're getting that oil that's filling our lamps. And when we're trying to minister out, you know, we get caught up in ministry, we get caught up in busyness and stuff. And what happens is our, our lamps start running out of oil. And I was at that place where I, it wasn't a bad thing. I just had, I just needed that time alone. And so I asked the Lord, I said, show me what does it look like to return to the first love? And as I was driving, and, and I again, I love this drive. I love that four and a half hours of uninterrupted time with the Lord. Um, and I'm going to challenge you here in a little bit about that. But what he told me is he says, I want to give you a picture of what that looks like through marriage. He goes, actually, marriage was created. God, it was the first institution that God created. And he said, I created marriage after what I created my children, the, the picture that we should be walking in, in relationship in the garden with 
with God. He said, I've created marriage in that picture. And so he shared three things with me, and I'm going to use marriage as an, an analogy. <laughs> can't talk today. Analogy. Um, and so kind of try to bear with me. I, like I said, I, I'm still regathering my mind and trying to get, get my heart right. Um, but the first thing he told me was he said, the reason that the five virgins can't give this away is because it's, that oil is for you and for you only. And as much as we love our loved ones and our friends and those that maybe are walking away from the Lord or those that are unsaved, no matter how much we want to try to give them this oil, we can't because it's what sustains us. And, and if you're in an EMS or, or part of that kind of system, you realize when you show up on scene, the first thing you have to do is make sure that you ensure your safety so that you don't get hurt trying to help somebody else. And, and it's the same concept that as much as we love our loved ones and those that are lost and those that are hurting, we can't give away the life, the thing that keeps us alive spiritually. And so the first thing he talked about was intimacy. He goes, marriage must have intimacy. Jimmy Evans says, if you don't have intimacy in your marriage, he said it's like a business deal. And he goes, and actually, it's a really bad business deal. Okay, and so we need intimacy, and we're not just talking about sexual intimacy. We're talking about that time alone. Lainey and I need that time alone. It's centered around God because he lives in us, and he's a part of our lives and a part of our marriage. But we need that time alone where it's just her and I, and, and we do that in, in different ways, and all of us do that. And, but we need that time with the Lord where it is just you and him together and no distractions okay and if you don't have that in your marriage you don't have a healthy marriage I guarantee you okay and if we don't have that with our relationship with God I assure you that you do not have a healthy relationship it's for us to have that intimacy we are you know I'm gonna read some scripture in a minute but it's it's important that we have that intimacy and it, it's for us and it's for God but we cannot give that away. That's not for anybody else but for Lainey and I, okay? And without that, we are not going to be healthy. In times when we, when we get too busy and we don't have that time together, you'll see the results of that starting to kind of show up because we need that. That's what draws our hearts to each other, and that's what draws our hearts to God. And so returning to the Lord, uh, that to his first love, first and foremost, is returning to that intimate time with just you and him and it cannot belong to anybody else. You can tell people about it, but it's, you cannot give that away. It's what you, it's life-sustaining. Okay, everybody agree with that? Okay, you guys okay? All right, good. You're looking pretty solemn there. <laughs> All right, the next thing that he told me was, he said, in a marriage, you have family time. And I realize a lot of you guys are single and, and maybe not involved in a marriage right now, but, but we have those times we need, uh, Lainey and I need to have time where we're spending time with our immediate family or some of you, maybe your immediate friends, okay? And it's, it's again, surrounded by God being in the center of that because he's in the center of our lives, right? But we need family time. 
We need time where we're just fellowship. You know, over Christmas, we got to sit down with, and Josh was here, and we went over to James and A's, and Gideon and Edison and Joy were there, and, and all of us just got together, and we needed that time, and that was not something I could give to somebody else. We needed that. Each and every one of us needs that, and we need that time with God. It's like life groups, or I know Marla and, and Joy and some of these ladies go on Thursday night or Friday night to the Sundance, there's times that you need to set aside that, that build you up and encourage you because these are people that are so close to you, they can speak into your life that maybe no one else can. And so we need that time with God where we are spending it with intimate friends or family, and we're doing it surrounding, it's, it's around the presence of God. Does that make sense? Everybody understand that? And then the last one is we need corporate time. Uh, just like we're doing today, you know, um, I, I wanted to tell you this morning when I drove up, I was thinking, I was kind of laughing to myself, I said, uh, you know in the Bible when it talks about the faithful, well, when we have a snowstorm on Sunday morning, we see the really hardcore, the faithfuls, you know, we got Brian, <laughs> Carol drove, and you guys drove from Colorado, and we've got them from Cimarron all over the place, uh, you guys are faithful, <laughs> you know, that's, that's good, I don't want people to risking their lives, by the way, to come to church. Uh, you need to be wise about that. But I, I, I'm grateful that you came. But we came together today to gather around and to worship and praise God because we need that. We need that. Each and every one of us needs that. And I know believers that say, you know, I don't need corporate worship. I don't need to go to... The Bible says you do, quite honestly. The Bible says you need that. And so that's the third, if you had rings, you know, we've got this ring of intimacy and then this ring of immediate family and friend, and then we have this ring of we need fellowship together to build each other, to encourage each other, to be able to love on each other, and National Hug Day, you know. <laughs> we need those things, and we can't give those things away. We can invite people. We can draw them into this outer circle, but that's not something I can give away because it's what I have to have. Each and every one of us has to have these things. We need that intimacy. We need that family time with the Lord. And we need this fellowship time together. That's what keeps our lamps full of oil. And that's why we, the, the wise virgins could not give that to the foolish virgins. Because as much as I love the friends and loved ones that, that are walking away from the Lord may, right now or maybe lost or whatever... I want to encourage them, but I, there's no way I can give them this oil. So, Everybody understand that? And so, I want to encourage you that that's a picture of what first love looks like, is we need to be able to protect these things. We need to be able to spend that time. I challenged staff this week. We were talking about this. Um, I challenged them in the next uh, month or so to have a scheduled time where you're going to go and be alone with God. And I got some about the same reaction I got from you guys. <laughs> but you know what? You need it. And maybe, you know, I try to do it for a couple of days at a time. I'm tr I've been trying and trying to get away just to hear for the church. And that's a good thing. But, but that's different than getting away just to spend time with God. And so I want to challenge you, if you're not doing that, you need to start scheduling that because there's, you're running out of oil because that intimate time with God is crucial in our lives. Amen? Amen? All right, good. That was better. So 
Sit down with your spouse, with your family, with your friends, whatever, and say, is there a time? Maybe you can only do it for a few hours to start, but start building into your life times when you set aside and go, you're so important. Our relationship is so important. I'm going to schedule time alone with you. And I promise you, God will honor that time, and you will walk away uh, fulfilled. Your oil, your lamp will be filled way more than, than it will be without that. So... I encourage you to do that. All right, so I wanted to read some scripture over you this morning. Um, like I said, this message is all over the place, and I apologize for that, but it's what I believe the Lord wants me to tell you. Um, I believe we are in, I told you, we're in a, in a time where we're supposed to be preparing for a spiritual famine. And this is not a famine of food or water. This is a famine of hearing the word of God is what Amos 8 says. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. And so I don't know exactly what it looks like to be able to store up. We're, going, we're looking at Joseph's life. And that's where I was planning to go today in, in how he prepared for famine, how God used his life. Um, but today I want to just read some. I believe the word is telling me that over the next several weeks anyway, I'm supposed to just read the word of God over you as an encouragement. So I want to read two things over you today, and I just want to allow this word to wash over you, okay? Allow this word to wash you. The Bible says it's renewing our minds, all right? So it's out of Second Chronicles 16.9. I've quoted this scripture many times to you guys. But it says, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. Okay, so let's get a picture of that. The eyes of the Lord are ranging throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Now, I shared with you what happened Friday night after I had received that news, Laney, and I had heard that. And I had to go, I needed to just go get in the shower. I needed to get away from all distractions for Shower's a pretty good place, you know, I mean, you can look at the shower and look at the ceiling, that's about all you got. Um, but I needed to get in there, and that's exactly what happened, is the Lord was looking, the, the Word says His eyes are looking through and through throughout the world to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed, and I had to turn my eyes to Him, and I was crying out, and He was ready. He was watching for me, just like the, in the picture of the prodigal son. The father was always standing there looking, waiting for the son to come back. And he was waiting for I, I hadn't wandered away. I was, I was desperate at that point. But this scripture should encourage you that no matter what goes on in our lives, we do not have to be knocked off our feet. It can be for a time, but we can be strong. The, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? And so we've got to be, you've got to trust that, hey, you know what, in the, the depths of the hardest things that we're dealing with, if we will focus on Him, He will strengthen us. So whatever you may be going through today, or maybe you have a loved one, encourage them that we can trust Him. And, that, and that's something I was able to do with my brother yesterday, was just to begin to point him back to God. And, and I asked him, quite frankly, I said, you have to decide, tell me how you want to approach this. Do you guys want to fight this full-on spiritual warfare? Do you just want to spend the time, uh, you know, and as a team, we can surround you and fight the battle for you. But we need to know what you are hearing from God. I can't hear from God for them. I need to, I'm going to pray for them and encourage them, but they have to hear God as far as where they go from this point. And there's peace because they have Christ in their lives. So, the eyes of the Lord 
range throughout the whole earth to strengthen you because your heart is fully committed. It goes right back to the scripture of returning to the first love, right? Is that good? Okay, somebody, somebody say that's good. That was a good, that was a good, good thing right there. <laughs> All right, the other scripture I want to read to you is in Ephesians 1. I'm going to start in verse 15. Again, I just want to read this word over you. I want to let this word wash over you and encourage you. Paul says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayer. So Paul's praying for these people because they're fully committed to God. They're, they're sold out for him. But here's what he asks. Here's his prayer. Let this sink in. Verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I want you to say with me, wisdom and revelation. Okay, what is that? What's wisdom? Godly wisdom is doing, God's, doing things God's way, isn't it? When I'm asking for wisdom, I'm asking God to show me how to do it his way, not my way. I already know how to do it my way. It doesn't work. I've tried it many times, all right, Trinity? <laughs> it doesn't work when we do it our way. So he's saying, I'm asking you, God, to give you a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. What's revelation? It's revealing himself to you, revealing his word, his way. And then he says, there's those key words right there. He says, so that, what? We might know him better. Turn right back to that first love, huh? So that we can begin to know him better. He goes on and he says, verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. All right, so that's our soul, right? That he's opening up our heart, our mind, our will, our emotions. I pray that eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may the, know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Do you understand that we are his inheritance? That ought to be good news. Those of us that are reaching retirement age or those of you that are already in retirement age, you know, inheritance is kind of a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, we need a little help here. We've been saving, we're investing, but we need help. We are God's inheritance. And guess what? Up in verse 14, it says, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, the Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to His praise and glory. We are not only His inheritance, but He has got an inheritance for us. And remember what He says in, in uh, Ephesians 1, I believe, that every spiritual blessing is stored up for us. Isn't that good? Is that encouraging you? I hope it is, because that's what I want to be telling my brother. That's what I want to be telling Vicki and, and Ed Yeager and Anna Lee and, and those that are struggling right now, we need to be pouring the word of encouragement and life into them because I, believe, I guarantee you the devil is pouring in words of condemnation and, and death and, and he's trying to, pr to prophesy into your life and tell you if, you can, if he can get you to start agreeing with you're going to die, you're never going to get well. He's always telling us those things, but you know what? We don't have to listen. Is that right? We don't have to agree with him. We just have to identify the voice and say, that is not God's voice. This is what my God says about me. And so let that word wash over you today. 
All right, you okay with that? Wow, that didn't even get close. <laughs> so let me tell you about my conversation on the way home from Amarillo. I was, I got in car and I was excited. I do, I just looked forward to this time because I love to drive and I love, you know, there's not a lot to look at between Amarillo and here. And so it's, it's, you know, you can spend a long time and I'm not distracted by the incredible beauty of the mountains or anything. Um, <laughs> sorry. I asked the Lord, the Lord asked me actually, I, I started praying and I was like, you know, I, I want to hear from you. And he said, what do you want to talk about today? I went, Lord, I'd like to talk about you today, because most of the time, we talk about me. I went, I just want to know more about you. So what would you tell me about yourself today? And so here's what he started with, and it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. But he says, you realize that I'm eternal, and I never change. He goes, you're changing. You're being conformed into my image. You're being changed. When you get to heaven, you're going to be the one that changes. I'm not going to change. He said, my judgment will be exactly the same in heaven as it is now. Okay? And I was kind of like, ooh, I'm not sure I like where this is going. Uh, and he said, but so is my mercy and my grace and my favor and my blessings. And, and then he said, and so is my love. And he goes, and I want to talk to you for just a moment, and I want to talk to you guys about what he told me about love, about his love. He asked me a, conversa or asked me a question. He said, what is the limit that you would put on your love for Lainey, for J James and Ariel and, and the boys or Josh and, and you know, my mom? He said, what limit do you put on their love? Where, where do you draw the line and say, that's it, I can't love them anymore. And I, I said, I don't think there is a line. You know, we, it's because this is not, this is not, you know, conditional love. This is agape love, which has no end. It doesn't depend on what the other person does. And God said, exactly. <laughs> he goes, that's how I love you. He said, there is no end to my love for you, and he says, though I'm never going to change, I'm always, I'm expanding. He said, there's no end to me, and there's no end to my love for you. Somebody ought to be excited about hearing that. You know, there is no end to my love for you. Let me read my notes here, because I was scribbled them, and I can't really read them. Now, that was it. So I realize, like I said, this thing has bounced around a lot, but here's what I want you to remember. I want you to remember that no matter what comes into your life, God's eyes are waiting. He's looking, waiting for us to look to Him. He wants to strengthen you, but we've got to be committed to Him. We've got to trust Him. We've got to trust Him with everything that's going on. I've got to trust Him with Ed Yeager right now, and that's hard to do. I've got to trust Him with Vicki. I've got to trust Him with my family and the other things that are going on in our personal life right now. I have to trust Him with what's going on in the church right now. I don't know what a spiritual famine looks like, but I know we're getting ready to find out. And, and I want to end this sermon today. Oh, I'm almost going to end it today. <laughs> I, want to, I just want to remind you, you can trust Him, okay? Regardless of what's going on in your life, you can trust Him. And that His, His love, if we'll just keep protecting 
that intimate relationship with him, with that relationship with our family, with him, with this corporate relationship. We will walk around with our lamps full, and that light will be shining bright. But when the lamp starts getting low, what happens to the light? It starts dimming, huh? And it's not as bright. So we need to keep our lamps full, especially in this time in, our, in this world right now, just like Pastor William was talking about, the horrendous things that are going on around us, like abortion and all the other things that are happening. But I want to read to you finally today, and also uh, just how much God loves you, that it's, it's never ending. But I was talking about this this spiritual famine that I believe the Lord keeps telling me is coming. I'm going over to Amos uh, chapter 8, verse 11. And I, I wanted to read this to you because I think it's a picture of what's coming into the world right now. I was supposed to be preaching on the baker, or I thought I was going to preach on the baker and the cupbearer and dreams and visions. Um, and I, I believe I'm going to do that next week. Uh, how many of you understand that we're, we're supposed to be having dreams and visions from God. Our, our young people are supposed to be prophesying. That's, the word says that. Uh, Bert's not here, but I'm going to pick on him anyway. Uh, he came into my office the other day, and I was studying for this, this out of uh, Genesis 40 about the dreams and visions. And he shared a story about walking into a restaurant or a store one day, and a lady turned around that was behind the counter and said, I had the weirdest dream last night, and she shared this dream with him. He didn't know her from Adam, and he's kind of like, okay, you know, <laughs> went back out in his car after he bought his coffee or whatever it was, and he sat, got in his car, and the Lord said, where are you going? Bert, if I'm messing this up, you can tell me later. I think I've got this right. He says, aren't you going to tell her the dream, what it means? And Bert told the Lord, he said, I don't know what it means. The Lord says, get back in there. <laughs> I'll tell you what the dream means. And he went back in. You know what? We're supposed to be doing that in a spiritual famine right now. I believe we're supposed to be operating in the supernatural. We're supposed to be relying on God to do things we can't do in our own strength. Because here's what Amos 8 says, verse 11. The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. Not a famine for food or thirst for water, but listen to this. A famine of hearing the words of the Lord. And I thought it was interesting, the word highlighted, it's plural there, the words of the Lord. And I think it's not just this word, iPad, Bible, but the words of the Lord, prophetic words, giving interpretations to dreams and, and visions. He, he goes on and he says, this is the famine... They're not going to hear the words. He said, people will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Listen to what verse 13 says. In that day, the lovely young woman and the strong young men will faint because of thirst. What are we talking about? Are we talking about a, a thirst for water? No, he clearly says this is a spiritual thirst for the words of the Lord, okay? He says they're going to faint because of this thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, who say as surely as your God lives, Dan, or as surely as the God of Beersheba lives, they will fall and never rise again. Why are they going to have a spiritual famine? Because they're going to be looking to false gods. 
That's exactly what he's saying, is they're not going to hear the, word of, the words of the Lord because they're going to be looking at these false gods that all of us have in our lives and we need to guard against. That's why we need to be in that first, that love, that first love that Micah talked about because that's what will, take, will protect us from allowing skiing or football or whatever, whatever the, the idol may be in our lives. But in, our, in these lost loved ones and friends, they're going to be looking for money. They're going to be looking for power. And they're not going to find the power. They're not going to find that fulfillment. And we're going to be the ones that the God is calling us to store up. And I don't know exactly what that looks like other than I think if we're not really connected and really functioning in the fullness that God has for us, we're not going to have anything to give away. We're not going to be able to point them to Jesus. And so I think we're supposed to have testimonies of people like Ed Yeager getting out of bed and coming back to church healed and whole. And Vicki's supposed to be able to go back to her doctor in two months and say, check me out, doc, because God healed me. And that doctor will rejoice because he already knows God. But I believe that's part of this, this storing up and this famine that, we're, that is coming that we're supposed to have testimonies. We're supposed to be comfortable with interpreting dreams. We're supposed to be comfortable with laying hands on people and saying, God is going to heal you. Okay, here's what his word says. Do you agree with that? Well, I don't know if I confused you today or what, but I just felt like God wanted to encourage you today that he has a plan for you and we just got to stay plugged in. This, this time especially, I believe the distractions are just getting worse and worse and worse. And we got to keep our eyes focused on him. And I challenge you, set aside a time where you don't go with your spouse, you don't go with anybody else, and you spend time with God and just seek him. Take your word, take the Bible, and, and let him speak to you and have conversation. One of our pastors said, uh, when I was meeting it in Amarillo, he's one of my hero guys. He's, he's so wise. And he said, you know, if Jesus showed up to church right now, we would have to teach him how to do church. And we're, all, <laughs> we're looking at him the same way you guys looks like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he didn't do church this way, did he? We got to get back to doing church the way he did it. And it was, it was one-on-one ministry. He, was, he didn't mind going to the bars. He, didn't not, he went where there was need, but he was led by the Father, right? By the Spirit of God. I want to pray over you guys. I want to thank you for your attention today. Uh, God, first of all, we just want to thank you for your word, for your spirit, for your love. And I, I believe that today, God... You've been speaking in the last three weeks a foundational word for us, for this church, of returning back to you and to our first love so that we can minister out of that. And Micah did such a good job of explaining that. But Father, help us to continue to draw back. Help us to continue to stay on the foundation of Christ. And then, Lord, put the people in our paths. Father, every time that disappointment and discouragement and, and famine tries to come and steal from us, help us to keep our eyes open to you. We declare the word of, we're just saying back to you the word that you said in, in um, oh, wherever it was, <laughs> Second Chronicles, that your eyes are looking for us. 
those to strengthen us whose hearts are committed to you, fully sold out for you. Help us to see what that looks like. I pray covering over this church. I speak life and destiny over this church. We pray life over these precious unborn children in Jesus' name. We pray for the moms and the dads that are involved, that they'll, you'll open their eyes, Father. I love what the guy said on the video. Let us be a church that's willing to reach out, that's willing to say, we'll help you, we'll take your child. So, Lord, we're challenging. We're just we're stepping up to this challenge that you have for us. God, we love you. We praise you for the snow. We praise you for the snow that's coming. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thank you. I appreciate it.